Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie. Friday morning, the 24th of March. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reid on LMFM. Six months ago, the government introduced a moratorium on evictions, banning landlords from evicting tenants from rental properties. The ban was put in place for that six-month period and due to end on the 31st of March. On Wednesday of this week, the Dáil voted to go ahead and end the ban as was planned. Now, this means that from Saturday of next week, the 1st of April, people will be forced to leave rental accommodation. Finding somewhere else to live will be next to impossible and emergency accommodation is already full. It's expected that in the coming weeks, thousands of people will be made homeless. The government rejected a proposal, as you know, to extend the ban for 10 months up to the end of January next year because it says that would actually make an already bad bad situation worse. Let's uh, discuss this now with two D T beg your pardon, two TDs from County Loud, Fergus O'Dowd, who's a Fine Gael TD, uh, and voted to end the ban, and Independent Peter Fitzpatrick, who voted against. Good morning to both of you, and thank you indeed for joining us on the programme uh, this morning. Fergus O'Dowd, are, are you certain that this was the right thing to do? It's a very difficult situation for everybody, particularly for tenants. And it's an extremely difficult decision for me personally to make, and indeed for every TD that did make it. It hasn't been easy at all. But we have to recognise that if you were going to, Sinn Féin want to put people out in January of next year, that's what they say. And I think that's that's even that's an appalling vista, uh, notwithstanding that people are facing it now. And I want to stress that point. Uh, the other point is that while I personally argued uh, against what is happening within the party, I accept and acknowledged at the meetings that I accept the decision of the majority of people. But my job now is to mitigate or to make sure that the government promises are met and that anybody who gets a notice to quit, uh, that the council will in fact purchase that home from them if they are on the social housing list. And if they are not, that they're offered first refusal on that house and also uh, that loans are available to people who may be able to purchase that house with those loans. Uh, and if not, then the 30% equity that the state can take in that house will be offered to them. And then finally, if they can't, notwithstanding the income that they have doesn't allow them to go on social housing, uh, that the council or approved housing body will buy that house uh, from the landlord and will rent it back to that individual. So that's and the other and the most important point I want to make is that I'm fighting within the, the government parties right now to ensure that people who are extremely vulnerable 
that's older people, people with disabilities, people who have very serious illnesses, that they would have to be exempt from any orders that might otherwise be given against them. So I just want okay. to make that point. But, but, but you argued against this decision within Fine Gael. I did, yes, I did. I did, I okay. did, yeah. But I like, mean, but, but oh, feel obliged to toe the party line, otherwise you'd end up like Nasser Hurrigan. Well, I think the point, Michael, you have to make, and that's the judgment, it's a very difficult judgment to make, can you change things even though you don't agree with a government decision? Is it better to be inside that tent fighting, which is what I'm doing? I'm in almost daily contact with the Taoiseach personally about this matter, and I, I've made my views clearly and absolutely. There's nobody, no, please, that is what I think. But at the same time, uh, the other point, Michael, is that we have something like, I think, roughly 160,000 landlords. The vast majority of them, I think about 140, are ordinary people who may live in your street or mine, or people that we all know. Some of them are obviously our friends. Most would have one or at the most two homes. So the landlord as an ogre isn't, doesn't exist. Most people are people who bought homes to live in, but they couldn't afford them. They're in negative equity, and that's why they rented them and why so many landlords 24,000 landlords left the market last year. So that's 24,000 tenants aren't in those homes. Let me me go to Peter Fitzpatrick if I I can, because I think Peter Fitzpatrick, you'll agree with Fergus O'Dowd in him saying that this was the wrong decision that the government has taken. Uh, But uh, you were a member of Fine Gael. Unlike Fergus O'Dowd, you left on a a point of principle. Uh, But have you broken ranks with the regional group? Well, first of all, Michael, I think uh, Fergus had a decision. If Fergus felt so strongly the decision was wrong, Fergus should have voted against the government. Uh, 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 I'm a member of the regional group. Uh, we're all individuals and we're all independents. And we sat down there last and we discussed the whole situation. Uh, I explained my situation with independent groups. I looked at, the, at for example, there are 750,000 people living in, uh, uh, living in private accommodations. Uh, even if you look there from January to September last year, there was nearly 7,500 uh, eviction notices sent out. The, the homeless numbers are, are, are gone to the roof. Uh, there's no emergency accommodation. There's no B&B rooms. There, there's nothing there at the moment. Is. And, 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 and Fair was mentioned earlier on about uh, uh, tenants maybe getting the right, or maybe the local authorities getting the right to get the first refusal. But there's no legislation. There's no draft at the moment. Is. And, and, and in fairness, and I, and I have to give my hand off to the independent group there, is, they offered, they offered solutions, they offered uh, protection, they, they looked after the, the renters, the landlords and the developers, and, 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 and in fairness, uh, 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 no, nothing has been done. And if you look straight away the next morning after the vote, Mary Butler, who's the Minister for Elderly People, straight away was on about she didn't feel right that the situation with nursing homes being allowed to, to rent their properties. Mm-hmm. To, to be quite honest, I just, I just don't trust the government. And, and, and I'm going to be honest, Michael, I, I'm my constituency officer this morning on Monday. Yeah. And if I, vote, if I vote with the government, how could I look at my constituents coming to my constituency officer, uh, know where to go and, uh, from the 4th of April? And, and believe it or believe it or not, I have teachers, nurses, children, students, students in the exams coming up now in the moment. They don't realise what they've done. They have no plan. There's no solution, Well, it really is a, an odd situation. Just to go back to what you were saying about Mary Butler, the Minister for Older People, because uh, she's uh, opposed to one of the measures that the government is going to take now, which is in the hope of trying to stop people from becoming homeless. And because she's worried that people will move their parents 
into nursing homes against their will or prematurely so that they can sell the house from under them. But answer your question, why did the government agree with the, with the, with the, with the, with the uh, Vision Independence about their, their solutions? Like, I'm looking, I'm looking at the county letter at the moment. Is. Like, there last month, we had 172 people presented as homeless. Uh, I looked this morning on the daft.ie, there's, there's five properties. And, and, and I know that at the front, from the 1st of April, there'll be at least 96 people that's going to be, that's, that's going to be homeless. Like, this, uh, like, you know, fellows can say, fellows can hide behind the government. And I, I was there. Did, 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 did your colleagues in the regional group get their 20 pieces of silver? Michael, as I said to you, Michael, look straight away. Within 24 hours, Michael, you've got to stand in minutes already. But you asked the question, why, why I mean, the, the government's counter motion uh, had nine key points in it. Eight of them were written for them by your colleagues in the regional group. Did, did they get their 20 pieces of silver? Has the deal been done? No, Michael, nothing has been finalised. Nothing has been operational at the moment, Michael. At the moment, nothing has, has been done there at the moment. Mm, that's not so saying yes or no. No, well, Michael... Were promises made? I, I, I can't. Michael, there was promises made, Michael, and, and I'll be honest, Michael, I was approached with the government as well, and I was off the situation, and I wouldn't tell you, Michael. The bottom line, Michael, I have a conscience, and the situation is, I can, I can walk into my consistency office, and I, I can look people straight in the eye and have any head. And then, as I said, I, said I, do, like, I do understand it's the renters, there's landlords, there's a lot, there's a lot more people involved at in the moment. But my biggest issue at the moment was the government hasn't got a solution down the road. As I said, there's no legislation, there's no draft, it's all promises. There's, no, there's nothing finalised at the moment. Is, and as I said, is, how, how could you vote for, 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 for government has nothing finalised? The, the, the situation, like, they're talking about 30,000 houses being built mm. this year. And, but you, and, and you, you, you don't want to expand on what was put to you, do you? What no, offer was made Michael, to you? No, Michael I, I, Michael, I got a phone call there yesterday as well from the government, and they wanted me about voting for the next week. As I said, Michael, I will take one day at a time. Okay, because we'll talk about that in a moment. There's two votes next week. One will be to extend the ban and the other will be uh, no motion confidence in the government. Fergus, do you wanted to respond there because Peter Fitzpatrick said you're hiding behind the government. Yeah, first of all, I just want to make it very clear that I do have a conscience and I do have a social conscience. And I um, think everybody that knows me, I'm in public life 50 years uh, next next year. And I've worked, uh, people look, they've judged me, they've elected me time and time again. That's because they know that I tell the truth from my perspective. I fight within my party, unlike, unlike uh, Peter, who left when the going got hot. I've been through hell in Fine Gael, as everybody knows, but I've stayed with them. And I believe, I believe, in the, I believe that's the party for me. Peter was with us for a while to get elected on two occasions, then he disappeared into wherever he is now. I, I don't know where he is now, but okay. uh, he, he, the fact is that... Okay, we have that point, if we can get back to point, the issue. Michael, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael, mm. The point I want to yeah, make as strongly okay. as I can, anybody who's a hap tenant today in County Loud that gets a notice to quit, the government is committed to buying that house if you're not in a position to buy it yourself. Okay, but the, 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 it, it's only a commitment. That's what Peter said. There's yeah. no legislation but in place. No there's no, no mean, There's no there. means of doing that at the uh, moment. I think, I, think, I think it's clearly there. And, but uh, it, but I, next I, Saturday it won't be there. Oh, Michael, I understand that. Okay. I hear can, I ju- can I just ask you no, about... Can I just go through the process, Michael, because the service of a notice to quit in many cases has already happened, as we yeah. know. Mm. And they'll, be, uh, but, and they'll but, come Michael, into play from Saturday. It's important. It's the, it, for, so that people are reassured. 
next Saturday, it means that the process has commenced, right? It doesn't mean that you're out on the street. It means that you get that notice to quit, get on to the county council, you must show it to them. Uh, or send them a copy. Oh no! So, some they, people, they're, some they're people will start getting evicted from Saturday of next week. No, 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 Michael, they won't. Because there's, the notices were served before the ban. No, but, th- but that's a notice to quit. That's not an eviction. There's a difference between the two things. Yeah, but the- if my, if my landlord and I was, I, I was, I had a <laughs> from my office. I won't say who it was, but I had a landlord who served me with a notice to quit. Yeah. Uh, but if somebody was served with a notice to quit, but, but just hold on a second. If somebody was served with a notice to quit last April, uh, they could yes, very yes. well be uh, evicted from Saturday. No, but they won't be. That's what I'm trying to tell Last you. April, the, the six months would have come okay. into play on okay, October well, and the maturing. Okay, well, fair enough, okay. Well, look, if you don't believe me, uh, that's fine. But well, I'm, I'm just trying to understand it. If Nobody, the process is, that the council is notified, and as I understand it, many tenants have already notified the council yeah. uh, that they have a notice to quit. The council then has been authorised by letter from the government to enter into negotiations, uh, sorry, first of all with that tenant, yeah. what options are available to you? Secondly, if the intention is, if you see, they have to say what the reason is that they want you to leave. Yes. Yeah. The vast majority, yeah. Michael, just let me finish this, this is critical for those people out there who are worried. The vast majority have told that they're selling the house. Hmm. And if that's the reason... Or a family member is moving in, and I understand all of that. Peter Fitzpatrick, okay. I'm just trying to... Under, I'm not arguing with you, Fergus. I'm just trying to understand no, it. Because no, Michael, no, as, no, as, as I understand it, people will start being evicted from Saturday onwards. Is that your understanding, Peter Fitzpatrick? Michael, uh, up from the first of April, people will, will be, be evicted from their property yeah. up as far as the 18th of June. There's over 5,000 eviction notices out there at the moment. In. And I'm very, very surprised that Fergus doesn't know, doesn't know what he's talking about. And my biggest problem, Michael, at the moment is the government, as far as I'm concerned, is the government are pushing the buck back to the local authorities. What they're trying to do is they're trying to take the pressure off the local authorities, onto the local authorities. I, I spoke to the, the Lloyd County Council over the last number of days. Uh, there's a lack of planning. There's a lack of personnel. The, 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 the local councils are in a serious position there at the moment. Is, and mm. they, I, they have no emergency accommodation. Okay. And there's 16 councils in that position. Fergus, I, did, I wanted to ask you about Mary Butler's concerns. Yes. I, 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 I know you're very concerned. It's, it's I so support her fully. I support her fully. It's quite a shock to me that that was agreed as well. Uh, now, we haven't had an opportunity at our party to discuss it fully. But I made it clear at our party meeting that I was very concerned about it. And I also made it clear that they needed to get the views. And I said this is the But you voted for it. I, no, Michael, no. It, 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 the, motion, the motion itself, uh, so that people know, what happened in the doll has no legal effect as such. It was it was like a debate on a private member's motion. I know that, but, but the yeah, government has committed to the independence that this I, will happen, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. voted for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I voted for the government. I did, of yes, course. Yes, you voted... Michael, that, doesn't, that doesn't stop me. This is the point I'm trying to make. The difference between me and Peter Fitzpatrick... Oh, no, no, no. I'm not... No, no, I want to make this... No, you voted clear. for it, and you're not... You're, 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 no, no, well, just let me ask you another question before you accuse Peter Fitzpatrick of something. Are you going to no, go I now... I give a chance but, but, but I know what you're... But, but, and it's obvious you're going you to say... You don't know what I'm going to say, uh, Well, I have a good idea. Are you going to ask the government to welch on a deal that they've done with the independents? I'm going to make it very clear that to 
to do what they intend to do right now is wrong. So yes. are you going to ask them to welch on a deal that they did with the independents? You might call it welch, yeah. Michael. Uh, I'm talking about... Well, they would have lost yeah. a vote otherwise. So yes, no, they did a I, deal. So, Michael, I mean, I, I, I think the independents would call it welch. I'm, I'm not going to... I appreciate that. I accept that, you're, that we're not fighting with each other. Uh, what I'm trying to say is this, that my job is to change things, notwithstanding what has happened. What Peter is doing, he's shouting on the outside. Yeah, I'm shouting on the inside, and my voice is being heard. I'm not saying I'm going to succeed, but I am supporting fully Mary Butler because she's a top-class okay. minister for all the people. Let me, and, uh, there's okay. no black and white in this okay. politics. Okay. My job is to fight for my people. Okay. And I will continue Let me go to back to that. Peter Fitzpatrick, if I can. If the ban had been extended for 10 months, uh, do you believe that the government could have taken some steps to improve the situation for people who are facing uh, eviction bans? That seems a, a long time to a lot of people, given the fact that the government has already had six months. That would be a total of 16 months. Uh, do you believe that after 16 months from the ba- time the ban was first introduced, that it would actually be worse than it is today? Well, Michael, the, the government has promised 30,000 houses to bid this year. I do believe if that does happen, Michael, it would definitely alleviate the problem, Michael, of, of the homelessness. Like, you asked me a question a few moments ago, and you said that, that I didn't sign, I didn't sign the, the reasonable group amendment, right? So I'm listening, I'm listening to a deputy this morning, talking your program this morning, 48 hours after uh, uh, his, his government agreed to do the reasonable group. How could I, as, you think I'm not 100% right for not signing that there? I knew what was going to happen, because the simple reason was, Fergus mentioned earlier on that uh, he hadn't got a chance to talk to his party there. So when the coalition government is in government for the last three years, this is not something that happened yesterday today. This has gone on a long, long time. Fergus, you have really amazed me this morning, Fergus. Like, may- maybe I think it's a stage, Fergus. Maybe you are too long in politics, Fergus, because you're not listening to your constituents there at the moment. Is. Do you realise... Uh, Michael, I think, I think that's an ageist mark now. I'm sorry. Okay. No, you let me well, I tell you what. Are you being ages, Peter? I thought Peter Fitzpatrick was older than you, Fergus. I think you certainly I really feel sorry for the people that know the way you're I don't think there's any point in that. You're trying to hide behind Peter again. All right. You have no conscience. I need to just say, if I could ask both of you to stop for a moment, and I'm going to give the final word to Fergus O'Dowd uh, because Peter Fitzpatrick says you've no conscience and you're hiding behind Finnegan, and I need to give you well, the right to reply. Tax, uh, person tax. Oh, sorry, Peter, come here. Can I talk, Peter? Thank you. Okay. Let him respond, Peter, please, please. Thanks, thanks, Michael. I think the key point is. My job is to work for my constituents. I have a record of doing that. I will let nobody down. If you've got a notice to quit, contact me and I will fight for you. I accept that politics is not a black and white issue. Oh, Peter. Okay, well, look, we're going, we're going to find out how it all pans out very soon because the ban will be lifted at the end of I think, Peter, you're being a little bit rude now, you know. All right. I, I'm out of time. I have to leave it there. Okay, I have to leave there. I'm, I'm out of time. But thank you both very much indeed for joining us on the programme. Uh, that's uh, Peter Fitzpatrick, who's an independent TD in Louth. 
and his uh, county counterpart, Finnegale's Fergus O'Dowd. Michael Reed on LMFM. And we'll stay with uh, that debate and hear how some of it played out in uh, the Dáil this week. Your government came to office telling us that you were the government that was going to sort out housing, but nothing changed. In fact, matters worsened. You came into office as Taoiseach last December. You were the Taoiseach to sort this out, but nothing changed. In fact, things mattered. No urgency, no ambition, dithering and failure. But your determination to end the eviction ban and your insistence that it happen now, your urgency on this matter stands in very marked contrast to the sluggish, incoherent, piecemeal, failed government approach to actually solving homelessness, your failure to actually provide affordable housing, your failure to actually cut rents, your failure to give working families a chance, your biggest failure of all, to give our young people a fair shot. On these matters, delay, delay, delay in your approach. But when it comes to the 3,000 households that are now facing the loss of their home come April, no delay there. The message to them is that you are on your own with nowhere to go. Those are the facts. Reverse the decision, Taoiseach, and extend the eviction ban. The leader of Sinn Féin, Mary Lou MacDonald, Holly Kearns, is the leader of the Social Democrats. Once again, it's a decision that you voted for. Moving on, Deputy, as I did yesterday, I'm asking for a different approach from the opposition. Uh, Instead of rhetoric... Instead of anger, instead of words, I'm asking you to help us. Help us to solve the housing crisis. And you can do it in three ways. You can stop opposing new housing in your constituencies. You can take the pressure off first-time buyers by ending your opposition to the help to buy. And you can stop threatening small landlords with more taxes and more regulations. If Sinn Féin does those three things, it will help resolve the housing crisis. Will you do those things? Will you do those things? Will you do those things? My apologies. That's, of course, uh, the Taoiseach responding to Sinn Féin. We can hear the leader of the Social Democrats now. Taoiseach, when do you think it all began to go wrong? When did your housing policy begin to unravel? Was it in 2014 when Fine Gael first promised to tackle the housing crisis? Was it in 2015 when just 75 social homes were built by local authorities, the lowest figure in the history of the state? Was it in 2016 when Fine Gael promised to end the use of hotels to house homeless people within one year? Was it in 2017 when Fine Gael introduced strategic housing developments that bypassed local planning and broke on board Planola? Was it in 2018 when you described the housing crisis as a national emergency? Was it in 2019 when a five-year-old homeless boy was pictured eating his dinner off a piece of cardboard on a street? Was it in 2020 when co-living de- uh, developments, which Fine Gael championed as very trendy and an exciting choice for young workers, were quietly scrapped? Was it in 2021 when it was revealed that vulture funds were buying up entire housing estates? Was it in 2022 when there was a staffing crisis in schools and hospitals because teachers and nurses could no longer afford to rent? Or was it this year... This moment, when homeless figures reached record highs and you decided to lift the eviction ban and make thousands 
of people homeless. Holly Kearns with uh, a lot of questions for the Taoiseach Leo Bradker. I acknowledge and everyone on this side of the House and all three parties in government, and we are a three-party government, acknowledge that we're facing a very serious housing crisis, indeed a housing emergency that's affecting people in all sorts of different ways, whether it's people having to pay very high rents, whether it's people who are experiencing homelessness, whether it's people who are struggling to find uh, their first place uh, to buy to get on the housing ladder, to use that term. Uh, we have a housing deficit um, of probably somewhere around 250,000 units. Uh, and there are lots of reasons as to why that's the case, and I'm happy to explore them with you at another time or later in this debate, if you so wish. Uh, but I think most people acknowledge that we have, for lots of different reasons, uh, a very major housing, housing deficit in this country of probably about 250,000 homes. Uh, so we've a mountain to climb, and we have a mountain to climb, um, but we're climbing that mountain step by step. That's the Taoiseach Leo Bradker. So many comments coming to us uh, this morning. Thanks to everybody who's been in touch. Uh, somebody says, uh, if the government is committed to buying these houses, is that not going to drive up uh, property prices? Will it not push the prices through the roof? Matthew and Drogheda says, Fergus O'Dowd knows right well that cash-strapped councils don't have the money to buy a private houses. The government needs to build proper social housing in bulk. Uh, and by the way, Fergus had more parties than hot dinners. He was even in a few uh, different clubs, says Matthew Andrade. Thanks uh, for that, Matthew. Uh, uh, well, I think the idea, uh, it's not in place legislatively yet, uh, but legislation will come into place. Uh, the government promises in the coming weeks, which will mean that the tenant will have first refusal. So if you're being evicted, you can say to the landlord, I'll buy the house because he can't kick you out without a, a good reason, such as he's he selling up. Uh, and uh, if uh, you don't have the money to buy the house, that the government will make money available to a housing body so that they can buy the house and you can continue to live in it. Uh, we'll come to some more of those comments uh, that are, are flooding into us uh, this morning in just a few minutes' time. Michael Reed on LMFM. Now, a WhatsApp message from somebody says, uh, what's uh, the point in giving tenants first preference if uh, the landlord is selling up, if uh, the tenant can't afford to buy in the first place uh, and they've nowhere to go, they'll just end up uh, homeless. Uh, well, thank you indeed. I think the idea is that if you can't afford to buy it, that uh, the government will fund housing agencies who can buy the house and then rent it to you. Sean in Dublin, says Fergus O'Dowd has been in the doll for over 20 years and what on earth has he been doing? All we heard from him over those years is promises and more promises but Sean says it's all hot air and we're left with misery. Now pretty dramatic stuff on the programme this morning with Peter Fitzpatrick telling us deals have been done, that the government did deals with his independent colleagues in the regional group, that the government offered him a deal in in return for his vote, but he, he turned down that deal. Uh, on a point of order, can I ask the uh, Taoiseach how much uh, has it cost the government to buy the votes to buy the votes of the regional independent group to enable you to evict thousands of people from their homes? It is a very valid request under standing order 213 in order to be helpful, in order to be helpful, I can read it out to you, it's a grant for public service. In order to be helpful... It is not once... A division has been claimed. You may not raise a point of order. It's a very salient significant point ruling, of order in relation to the expenditure of public ruling, money. On the expenditure of public money. 487. 
Please resume your seat. The doll is entitled Please to know. The doll is entitled to know what this is going to, to cost the taxpayer. The There's also separate pieces of legislation deputy, that are required to be amended deputy, the to enable this Corby deal to be given effect. To proper procedure. Proper procedure. If you don't like the procedure, change it. Right, some heated debate in the doll. Jed Nash wanting to know what it costs. We heard from Peter Fitzpatrick this morning that deals have been done. Those without options will be forced to present to local authorities for emergency accommodations. And what homeless at record levels in this state, our emergency accommodation, as we all know, is at breaking point. Many councils have no additional capacity and the rest will soon run out. But you and your government knew all of this. You already knew this. But you still, every single one of you, cast your vote last night to make more people homeless. Children, adults, old people, young people, teachers, nurses, professionals, people homeless. That is the outworking of the vote last night. You, Letitia, the Minister for Housing, have been simply asked a question over and over again by people in this House and those taken to our national media and local media. Where are we to go, they ask. Now you have an answer that. I hope the independent deputies who backed you up last night maybe answered that. They've got their 30 pieces of silver, but they've turned their backs just like you have on renters. But maybe they'll give us the answer. 30 pieces of silver. Well, we don't know if that was the deal, but Peter Fitzpatrick told us deals have been done. These are not serious or credible proposals to address the immediate impending homelessness crisis. But of course, the regional independents and one rural independent, having got their 30 pieces of silver, turned their backs on renters and shored up the government's paper-thin majority. Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, the Green Party, and now the independents have absolutely abandoned renters. Uh, but Ciancorla, Sinn Féin ha- has not. And we will continue to fight for proper protections for all renters. Sinn Féin's Ono Brin and Pierce O'Doherty suggesting it was 30 pieces of silver that the independents received as part of uh, the deal that they struck with the government. Passed emergency planning before Christmas and you voted against it. And then in today's, you, 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 then you go in and today and you argue for it. Please. That's a fact. You voted against almost all of our uh, objectives or proposals. Please. And if I could say to the deputy that we are implementing measures uh, to deal with the issue uh, of homeless and in terms of the in-situ scheme, in terms of the in-situ scheme, in terms of the leasing uh, and in terms of, uh, of cost rental measures. Uh, and we have, and we, we already have initiated that scheme some time ago, and in terms of interacting with local authorities and directing local authorities in the event of any eviction notices in respect of homes that the councils buy those. And the resources are being, the resources are being made available. And I've dealt with cases in the past, Deputy, and I've resolved them working with local authorities. This is not something, but what you're proposing, would ma- I mean, you're, you're basically saying, you're basically saying, Deputy, you're basically saying what we're doing today, you would do in a couple of months' time. That's what you're saying. You just said it. You would do it now, not the end of December, as you were originally proposing two weeks ago. You're going to do it at the end of January. And all you will do is make the situation worse. And, and, you, and you said to me earlier, you're not arguing with my basic proposition that an indefinite extension... Look, Deputy... Thank you. Thank you. Well, I wanted to finish the sentence I was going to make. I was interrupted. The bottom line is this. The bottom line is this. The bottom line is this. 
an indefinite extension of an eviction ban will make matters worse and will exacerbate the homeless situation. And you have and you agreed with me, you agreed with me four or five minutes ago when I said that you said you wanted to argue with that proposition. Well, it's certainly a long time since we've had uh, such a heated debate as uh, this one, and understandably so, because everybody agrees, government and opposition agrees, that in the coming weeks, thousands of people are going to be made homeless. If you'd like to comment, we'd love to hear from you. Our telephone number is 0419832000. That was the Tawnish, obviously, by the way, Michal Martin. You can text or WhatsApp a comment to 086-1800-658 and you can email michael at lmfm.ie. Michael Reed on LMFM. Well, as you've been hearing us, if you didn't know, already today is Daffodil Day. Let's speak to Amy Nolan, who is head of uh, the Children and Young Adult Services with uh, the Irish Cancer Society. Good morning, Amy, uh, and thank you indeed for joining us. We heard there a moment ago you're hoping to raise €4 million today, uh, and hopefully everybody will be wearing a a daffodil in support of uh, the work that you do. Maybe you tell us a little bit about the work that you do and how you'd intend to spend that €4 million if you're successful in raising it. Thanks so much, Michael. I'm here at Houston Station and so far this morning it's really, it's great. Um, There's a lot of people coming buying pins and and I think we're we're doing well so far, so hopefully we will make that target. Um, Yes, as you said, we support both children, adolescents, young adults and adults with cancer. Um, in a lot of different areas. Um, in the last year, we would have supported people through counselling sessions, over 16,000 counselling sessions. We uh, supported families at home who want to care for their uh, dying relatives at home, over 6,500 episodes of night nursing at home. And um, we've had 34,000 calls, Michael, to our support line, which is really a phenomenal number of people mm. seeking support and getting that care, support and direction um, at a time when they really need it. Mm, and indeed medical assistance uh, with night nurses and so on. The work, to, the, the, the work uh, that the Irish Cancer Society does uh, is unbelievable in terms of the extent of uh, the different areas that you cover and it is yeah. invaluable. I don't think anybody could put a, a price on the value of the work that the Irish Cancer Society does. Cancer comes to visit all of us in all of our families at some stage it's a curse it's true, Michael. Yeah. I think everybody I agrees think it's a curse but I was just going to ask you yeah, Amy um, is it different um, with the young people that you're dealing with uh, in terms of trying to come to terms with it in terms of coping in terms yeah. of family members uh, trying to understand and accept it than it is with older people well, as you just said, Michael, whenever cancer hits a family, it really impacts everybody. And when it's a child, it is really devastating. Um, you've got parents, grandparents, siblings involved, and it's a really difficult time to try and manage the, even the logistics, you know, of car parking, um, of, you know, child minding, getting the food in, getting the house clean, all those things that still have to be kept on top of. Um, we have a children's grant, which has been really useful, and about 220 families accessed that grant last year, which is €3,000 given to a family to spend in whichever way they feel is necessary to help support them in that time. A lot of parents, as you can imagine, will have to give up work to fully care for that child and to manage siblings at home. And the emotional and psychological impact for those siblings 
is is massive as well. So we do have um, play therapy support as well that is national um, and counselling support for both children and then for adolescents. And then, as you say, Michael, mm. adolescents are, are a different group again and they sometimes fall between stools because they can be treated in a children's hospital but yet they're not children or they can be treated in an adult hospital and be in a ward with you know, people who have cancer that are maybe 60s, 70s, which to a, a 21-year-old or an 18-year-old is just, you know, miles away from where they're at and how they're being treated. Mm. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, this is the big fundraiser, of course, and uh, we hope that everybody will uh, support, and I'm sure everybody will, or most people will, and everybody will be wearing a a daffodil today, uh, and we'll see, uh, COVID has become a thing of the past, uh, thank God, and we'll see people out selling them today. Yeah, and definitely people are are very generous and generous with both their time and volunteering to stand in corners of streets and also very generous to organise events. Um, that's been happening across um, across Ireland in the last week. Um, our support line, just to say, I'm very conscious as well, Michael, that mm. today can be a very emotional day for people because one in two of us in Ireland will be diagnosed with cancer in you know in the next number of years and so today there will be people diagnosed with cancer there will be people who are struggling to cope with the cancer diagnosis at the moment or maybe people that have lost um dear dear relatives and so this can be actually a very difficult day so i'd just like to remind people that the support line is open and it will be open until um 11 o'clock tonight and it will also be open on saturday and sunday this weekend if anybody would like uh, to have extra support, care, advice and that number is 1-800-200-700 and it is a free phone number, Michael. All right, and uh, uh, sure there's many people listening to us uh, this morning uh, when, uh, who can remember when uh, cancer was um, a, a hopeless diagnosis obviously that's not uh, the case today and uh, that's why screening and testing and all of that is so important, um, prevention better than cure and uh, there's obviously absolutely. a lot of hope uh, for a lot of people who have been diagnosed as well. That's right, and early detection is key, and that is certainly something that the Irish Cancer Society hold dear to their heart. Um, we have uh, road shows uh, around the country. I think our next one is on in Limerick, so keep an eye out in Limerick um, for our next road show, where you can have a chat with our nurses, you can have some tests done, um, um, and just some advice around early detection, which is um, really important. And that's the, that's great about today as well, because we can just increase people's awareness um, and obviously, uh, it's really important just to be aware of your bodies. And if there's anything that you're concerned about, really attend the GPs. Because, mm. as you said, COVID is a thing of the past. But actually, yeah. we probably will have increased numbers of cancers that have um, not been diagnosed in that time, mm. yeah. which is a real worry. Mm. And people are presenting with a later stage diagnosis of cancer. And that is that is a worry and that is a concern. Okay. So we would really say please go to your GP if you have any concerns at all. All right, well, people can uh, support the invaluable work uh, that the Irish Cancer Society does by buying a a daffodil today, apart from wearing one. How much is a daffodil? A daffodil is €3. And we, we do have some other lovely items as well. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Altrani yep. tokens, um, cooler bags. We have stainless steel water bottles, teddy bears for the kids. Mm. Um, little uh, kids' backpacks, which we're really proud of. Actually, they're, they're really cute. They're just 10 euro. So and tea towels, Michael. Would you believe the tea towels are really, really popular? Uh, great mm. drying in the tea towels, apparently. So we're always sold out <laughs> of them. Good. All right. Well, <laughs> that, that's great. Uh, but that that's one way uh, of supporting the work you do, and it's a, a cheap way of doing it. Uh, people want to donate more. I'm sure that they can. I'm sure you'd appreciate their donations. Absolutely. Any donation is is it goes a long way, Michael. You know, a counselling session, for example, costs about sixty euros. So. Um, you know, one that's for one counselling session. So any donation at all is greatly appreciated. And you can go on to cancer.ie also and make a donation that way too. Um, but there's loads of lovely events ongoing and um, around the country that we would be grateful if you would support too. Okay, well, we hope uh, that uh, everybody does support uh, in whatever way they can, whether that's just buying a, a daffodil Absolutely. or by making a bigger donation, as I know many of our listeners do on a regular basis uh, for that matter, because uh, they value the work that the Irish Cancer Society does. So we're greatly. so grateful for that, Michael. And every euro is, a, you know, really we, we are very careful about how we spend that money as well and in the last um, 10 years over 30 million has been spent on cancer research alone so mm. we're constantly working to try and make sure that we can have better treatments for patients yeah. so uh, that the survival rates are better. I, I think it's worth repeating your helpline because I, I think there's a, yeah. a lot of people who have cancer who don't think of contacting the Irish Cancer Society and I don't think it can be overstated how valuable that call can be to that person and to their family. There's so much support uh, available from the Irish Cancer Society and it's 1-800-200-700. And thank you indeed, uh, Amy, uh, for joining us today. And I I know that everybody uh, is so thankful for the work that the Irish Cancer Society does and that everybody will help uh, with the fundraising today and over the course of the year for that matter. Thank Uh, you so much, Michael. We really appreciate that. Thank you indeed. Amy Nolan, Head of of the CAYA services. That's the Children and Young Adult Services with the Irish Cancer Society. Here's a few things we know. We know that children living in emergency accommodation hotel rooms learn to crawl later, learn to walk later than children living in homes with any bit of space. We know some children living in homeless accommodation start speaking at a later age than other children due to trauma trauma of losing their homes. We know that thousands of households have notices to quit against them. The majority of local authorities are out of emergency accommodation. That the people with the NTQs, many of them, will be forced into emergency accommodation or couch surfing. And that many of these households have children. We know now too, shockingly, that your government have decided to fire the starting gun for these evictions to happen. Spin it whatever way you want, Taoiseach, but it is clear. You and your government believe 
that there is an acceptable level of homelessness. You and your government believe that there is an acceptable level of damage that can be done to these children. Now, the left in Irish politics have long argued that Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are Ireland's Tory parties. Your parties have equally long denied it, but at 20 minutes to five today, or shortly after, it will be clear for all to see. You and your deputies will vote for a policy which would be applauded by any free market extremist anywhere in the world and supported by any hard right government anywhere in the world too. And that's People Before Profit TD. Mick Barry speaking just before the vote on Wednesday to end the eviction ban. I'm always curious to hear when any deputy in this House or any politician starts their contribution by telling somebody what they think. Uh, because it usually is the prelude to a straw man uh, or a trope. And that's basically what you've engaged in uh, w- once again. Um, I do not believe that there's an acceptable level of homelessness. I certainly don't believe that the current levels of homelessness are acceptable. And I can speak for the entire uh, government uh, on our side of the House in that regard. And Deputy, again, you make the ideological point about right and left and neoliberals and capitalists and all that stuff. We are the government that has built more social housing in a year than any government since 1975. There hasn't been a government in my lifetime that has been more committed to social housing than this one. We're the government that brought in two eviction bans. We're the government that brought in cost rental housing and made a new form of public housing possible for the first time. And we're going to ramp that up in the years ahead. How does any of that fit in? with the ideological trope that you've tried to impose on us. All right, that's uh, Taoiseach Leo Vradker uh, speaking in response to Mick Barry. Some comments uh, that are coming to us uh, this morning. Uh, somebody saying, I-, I hope they enjoy their 30 pieces of silver. This is uh, the regional group or, or those of them who did a deal, as we know, uh, many of them voted in favour of the government counter motion. Not all. Peter Fitzpatrick told us he didn't vote in favour of it. He voted against it. Uh, and indeed, he was offered a deal, but he rejected it. And he said that deals had been done with his colleagues in the group. Our caller says, I hope they enjoy their 30 pieces of silver, which is the way Sinn Féin described those deals, because that's what they get. Uh, uh, everyone knows uh, they were bought. Uh, and uh, it's a complete waste of time for Fergus O'Dowd uh, to uh, be defending uh, this uh, decision. Fair play to people uh, who are looking after this country, uh, but it's a corrupt country and money talks. Uh, and look at the government TDs. They're getting their houses paid for by people who are making them rich by renting the properties off them. It's terrible. And all of the council houses are empty with no money to do them up. But HAP is a great thing. Paying for all the rented houses that the TDs own. The rich get richer. Uh, and of course, the poor get nothing, says our caller. Uh, Small landlords, says another listener, have been the bulwark for tenants. Sinn Féin have consistently demeaned them from the time they recently decided to enter the doll. They now want to trap landlords in the market or essentially force landlords to sell, but where the property can only be sold at a, a massive discount with the tenant not evicted, says another caller. Uh, I'm not sure, but you'd assume that's a, a landlord uh, who has been in touch. Thank 
thank you indeed uh, for your call if you have been in touch with us. Uh, another uh, message that comes to us from WhatsApp, which says, for the first time in the history of uh, the state, uh, the government is knowingly making people homeless. Uh, it harks back to penal times under British rules, says our caller. Thank you indeed. Uh, James in Drogheda says, last Monday the government would have been better voting for peace instead of voting for supplying Ukraine with €2 billion Euro worth of ammunition. An estimated 70,000 Ukrainian refugees here could return if there was peace and that would uh, help uh, with uh, the housing situation. Thank you, James. Uh, thanks to everybody who's been in touch. Remember, if you'd like to make comment, our lines are open and we'd love to hear from you. Our telephone number is 041-983-2000. That's 041-983-2000. Texas, 086-1800-658. Either send it by SMS or WhatsApp. Uh, that's the same number if you want to text or WhatsApp, 086-1800-658. Or email michael at lmfm.ie. Michael Reed on LMFM. On Tuesday evening, the government uh, said it had accepted an independent review into the North-South interconnector and that the North-South interconnector cannot be undergrounded because it will not provide the reliability and stability that is required and the savings and benefits the consumer would receive would be substantially less. That's if it was to underground. But it has planning permission to go overground and now the government says it's time to enter the construction phase. So it's time to get the pylons up and get going with this and it's expected that the North-South interconnector will be completed by 2026. Now, immediately, Airgrid published a statement saying... Uh, that they were going to go ahead and uh, they were delighted with this news and all of that sort of stuff. That was on Tuesday evening. We asked Airgrid uh, to talk about that with us on Wednesday morning. Airgrid wasn't available on Wednesday morning. Airgrid uh, wasn't available on Thursday morning. Airgrid isn't available this morning. It's a a peculiar position uh, for a company that has been saying for 15 years now that uh, it is intent on comprehensive engagement with the community on this project because it has caused an awful lot of upset between uh, the different counties and uh, the different people living uh, on uh, the route of the line. Let's speak uh, to Sinn Féin TD, Johnny Gurk now, and a very good morning to you, and thank you indeed uh, for joining us. Uh, it would appear that there's nothing in the way of this project going ahead. It has planning permission, as uh, the government has said. The government has said it's time to go ahead, uh, and that outside of a, a general election, this project will be completed, as the government says, by 2026. Yeah, Michael, as you said yourself, yeah, Michael, um, they, they didn't engage, they wouldn't engage with you uh, and your 75 or 80,000 listeners per day. They wouldn't engage with the people affected along the community. And we all said from the beginning that this, this, this review was flawed. It only looked into one thing, to, to see the previous reviews if they were still valid and it didn't look into the issues that we said should be looked into from the very beginning which was um, cost benefit of the underground versus the overground option taking everything into account economic, environmental, social tourism and, uh, and and heritage and farming. All that should have been taken into account if you wanted a really independent review. In this review um, they engaged with Airgrid um, they, they, but they didn't take submissions from anybody along the route of Cavan, uh, Mead or Monaghan. Not, 
one submission could be uh, from the very beginning could be put in by the people affected by this. It's been a political hot potato and there's been a, a lot of bickering over the years uh, and um, people uh, have been critical of uh, the positions of different governments over the last 15 years uh, but I think it's true to say uh, as well that uh, there's been a consensus locally uh, and that when politicians spoke uh, on a personal basis locally uh, that everybody agreed that this should not go over ground and uh, everybody agreed that they wanted it to go underground. Uh, but this week, uh, Thomas Byrne, Fianna Fáil TD, uh, Minister of State, has said that he, he's accepted the decision that the government has taken. Are you surprised by that? I wouldn't be surprised by Thomas Byrne or I wouldn't be surprised by Fianna Fáil um, what they said about anything, to tell you the truth, um, Michael. They, in, in opposition, Michael, I went to a meeting in Kells um, about three and a half years ago before the general election. There was 500 people at it. They were above Michael at the top of the stage pulling the microphone off each other and shouting and roaring into it. I sat below in the crowd and I listened and um, telling you that this would not go ahead under a Fianna Fáil government. The others are coming out the other day um, blaming Eamon Ryan for it. Eamon Ryan can do nothing without the support of Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil and that's everybody in the country knows that. So... Stand up and be counted and, and represent the people that put us in, in, into these positions. I don't think Thomas Byrne is saying, Thomas Byrne isn't saying otherwise. Uh, I mean, he's saying he's accepting the decision of the government. He clearly doesn't agree with it. He says he's disappointed by it, but he's accepting that that's. Well, in, in opposition, he called for the very same as what we are calling for, an independent comparative cost benefit of overgrounded versus undergrounded. Mm. And um, well, how, can you, how can you agree with what they come out with now? They didn't even consult the people along the route, but they did consult Airbridge. Well, Thomas Byrne says they called for an independent review. This is the independent review that's just been published, uh, that Fianna Fáil did what they said they would do. Uh, and that he has to uh, accept the findings of the review and the decision of the government. Do you, I don't think uh, that you even believe that yourself, Michael. What they asked for in opposition was an independent review that would look at all the cost benefits, as I said earlier, of underground versus overground, including uh, Mead as the heritage capital of Ireland. I, I could tell you, um, Michael, that um, I know people who applied for planning permission to meet County Council and were refused because to put a bit, they were putting a bay window in their house that, that could be seen from many of them heritage sites. Uh, and here we are going building uh, 400 um, monstrosities of, of of um, pylons across this without um, looking properly at the cost benefits of underground versus overground. Mm. Uh, Shane Castles is blaming the Green Party. Yeah, um, they, 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 there you go. There's always somebody else to blame. What can the Green Party do with their 12 TDs without the full support of Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil? We all know that they can do nothing without the support. And, and, and it's very easy to blame Eamon Ryan for everything. And, that's, and, they, and they do a fairly good job of throwing the blame onto him. But he can do nothing without the support of Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil. What they, what they want to do is... What they, what they called for in opposition was a full independent report, looked at all the options, everything, uh, and the cost benefits to the, to, to the overground versus underground. And that's our stated position from the word go, and that is still our position. Okay. And, it should be, and it was Fianna Falls in opposition. Okay, uh, well, there's obviously Fine Gael to take into account. Um, we'll do that as best as we can now, um, but it's proving very difficult. Uh, because Regina Doherty doesn't talk to this programme. Uh, she's a Fine Gael senator uh, who's been based in Meath. Uh, 
Helen McEntee, the minister, is on maternity leave, uh, so uh, it wouldn't be right to ask uh, the minister for a comment. Uh, but all of the Fine Gael representatives ha- have said, like all of the local representatives, they don't want it to go over ground, they want it to go underground, uh, and that they would fight as hard uh, as possible for it. Um, there's a- another TD, isn't there, um, Damien English? Bear-, bear with me for a minute, Johnny. Hi, you have been doing English phone. Uh, please leave a message and I'll get back to you at first chance. Every time we ring Damien English, uh, we get the answering machine. Um, we've tried the constituency office. We've tried Leinster House. We've been in touch with Fine Gael Press saying we'd like to hear from Damien English uh, on the north-south interconnector of nothing else. Or maybe he could uh, write down a few lines uh, and send them in to us uh, if he doesn't want to speak to us. Uh, but we haven't heard anything since. Yeah, well, look at Michael. It's disappointing um, that uh, you know when 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 in power we change our positions on these things, and we need to um, stand and and call for what we've called for an independent review of overground versus underground cost benefits and everything included, and uh, whether you can't make these. Uh, statements when you're in opposition and then go into government and, and forget all about the um, decisions that you made. And, and I, 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 it's very vivid in my memory of they standing up uh, at, at those meetings in Kells. There was 500 people and it was easy to do it um, coming up to a general election and um, shouting and roaring into a microphone. But when it comes to um, actually um, standing up and doing it when you're in a position of power, um, they're not doing it and uh, they're letting down the people that elected us, you know. Okay. Uh, I should mention uh, both Thomas Byrne and Shane Castles will be on this programme next week uh, debating this issue, we hope. Uh, but we'll leave it there for the moment, Johnny. Thank you indeed for joining us today. Thank you. It's uh, Sinn Féin TD for Midwest, Johnny Gurk. Michael Reed on LMFM. Now, let's say hello to one of uh, the younger guests we've ever had on the programme, Tom Carey, who's in second year in Nobber. Good morning to you, Tom, and thanks for joining us. Morning, Michael. Thanks for having me on. How old are you? Uh, I'm 14 years old, Michael. 14 years of age, very good. Because you, you, you wrote uh, to us and you said you wanted to raise an issue on LMFM. What is that issue? Uh, Michael, the issue is recently the department has put a stall on 58 school buildings around the country. Um, basically, we're, our school was affected by this. But the difference between our school and any other school, in well, in the county as I know of, Maybe there is other schools, but the point is, we are waiting since 2004 for a new building. We are in extremely, extremely dire conditions. The school cannot hold the amount of children that go to school here, basically. And you're at O'Carrollan College in Auburn, and I know all of the teachers and many of your students are, are listening in now. And there's great yeah. disappointment, is there? Yeah, there's huge disappointment, Michael. It, it's, it's quite unfair. It's quite unfair. Okay, well, it's one of 58 school building projects that has been stalled all of a sudden, and nobody yeah. seems to know why. Exactly. Uh, we've tried to get answers for you. Let's uh, hear what the Taoiseach has to say about it. Look, I can understand the concerns that uh, parents and staff have about these school projects. Um, I think there's one or two in everyone's constituency, including in my own, so it's something that we're all very concerned about. Um, and because of the rising cost of construction, And because of the fact that the Department of Education is doing such a good job on building new schools and extending existing schools, um, they are running short of money. Uh, They will be provided with additional uh, funding uh, shortly, 
to allow those school projects to resume. Uh, and Minister Foley and Minister Dunne, you are just bottoming out uh, exactly how much is required. And uh, I imagine we'll have uh, an announcement on that uh, in the very near future. Now, 14-year-old Tom Carey, that's the Taoiseach Leo Radker speaking in uh, the Dáil, saying that uh, the cost of construction has gone through the roof uh, and they're running out of money because of that, but they're going to get more funding and they will go ahead with the schools. Do you feel better hearing that? Uh, I feel a slight bit of relief, Michael. Uh, to to an extent, yeah, I do feel a slight bit of relief. All right. Uh, I do I do still believe like it, we are in such such bad conditions here in 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 Nobber. Like um, for example, our school, the main we actually have more than thirty prefabs that we use every single day. They're actually shared classrooms for different subjects. Okay. In our main building, in our main building, there's yeah. only eight like um eight standard classrooms and four practical classrooms. So that's 12 classrooms in total to do a school of 600 plus students. So most people are in prefabs. Yes, right. most people are in yeah. prefabs. Far from uh, ideal. Uh, uh, and if you feel relieved after hearing what the Taoiseach had to say, uh, that might change uh, because the Minister for Education, Norma Foley, was asked uh, about this yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Stay on the line, will you, Tom? And listen to uh, what she had to said, say. Uh, she was asked about it by Sinn Féin's Pierce Doherty. Obviously, there has been shock right across the, uh, the school community with the announcement or letters being issued to a number of schools saying that their project was now stalled. School building projects that are currently on hold due to capital funding pressures will be progressed. They will be delivered. It is simply a question of timing in terms of the financial resource. I'm well aware of the urgency in getting these projects delivered as quickly as possible and I, I, I know of the importance to the local school communities. Um, but I do want to acknowledge we are currently in discussion and engagement with um, Deeper in relation to um, funding that's been made available and we remain 100% committed um, to the projects that have been outlined. That doesn't give us the reassurance uh, and the reassurance that the school community need. Can I make the point to you that the, the, the Tisha um, Leo Varadkar said on Tuesday, he said, happy to confirm and give reassurance that funding will be provided for those 58 schools to continue construction this year. As Minister for Education, can you echo those words? Are all of these 58 schools, in the words of the Tisha, going to continue to construction this year? We have been impacted, as wider society has. We in the department have been impacted by war in Ukraine, which has impacted the cost of materials. We are 100% committed to um, delivery of them. There is an issue around capital funding. We are in very positive engagement with um, Minister Donoghue and with um, uh, Deeper uh, in relation to um, that funding being released as quickly and as soon as possible. See, Minister, I hear what you're saying, that you're committed to them, and I take your face value in that. But committed to them when is the big question. So there's 58 schools that have got a pause or a stop. They've got the letters, they've got the email. Shock in the community. The Tisha stands here in this seat across here on Tuesday and gives, I quote, reassurance that funding will be provided for the 58 schools to continue construction this year. Now, does one end of government know what the other end of government is doing? As Minister for Education, why can you not echo those words? Are these 58 schools going to, in the words of the Tisha, continue construction this year? The department is 100% committed to these um, projects moving ahead, and they're all at various stages. They're, I, I believe I have the floor here. Um, 
fully committed to these projects going ahead. They're part of a, a hugely ambitious programme that we have delivered on in the past right throughout COVID, that we are determined to deliver on this year. We need the additional funding to do that. We are in discussion and communication um, with Deeper and with Minister Donoghue in relation to it. Now, Tom Carey, second year student at O'Carolan College in Nobber. Uh, you said you were relieved when you listened to the Taoiseach. You've just heard the Minister for Education, Norma Foley, there say that they're committed to building uh, your new school and the other 57 schools, um, uh, that they're determined to do it but they don't have the money to do it, that they're asking the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform for the money. How do you feel now? Well, uh, Michael, I, I wouldn't say I feel as relieved. I, I'm more, it's quite mixed in my opinion. She did mention that they are trying their best to uh, facilitate this, like the issues with capital. But from the budget is 0.86 billion. Uh, I think they should prioritise schools that need need a like a brand new school better like we we have we have such huge issues here it, i'm sure there's other schools i'm sure there's other schools that um wouldn't have as big issues i yeah they're in need of new buildings but we we're desperately desperately in need the other problem is that she mentioned uh, a time there there's a specific time that these buildings will go ahead we're on quite a strict schedule here um we don't really we don't have the luxuries of waiting around. We Our plan will end up running out and we're just going to go back to square one. Okay, so you're a little bit confused about what the government is saying after listening to what the Taoiseach said and then listening to what the minister said. Would that be right? Uh, I, I would say I'm a bit confused. It's okay. quite confused for all young people. Yeah, well, you're, 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 you're not the only one, and not just young people. Uh, we'll go back to the doll now, Tom, uh, uh, and listen to uh, AIM2 TD, Patrick O'Bean. There's a massive crisis in the education system at the moment. While the Department of Education seems to be more interested in, in the culture wars, against the will of the majority of parents in this country, most parents just want their schools built in their local area. Thousands of children are going to school at the moment in inefficient, rotten, cold school prefabs. Some of them, actually the second generation of the same family, going to school in the same prefabs. Other children are going to, to school in, in buildings that are over 100 years old that are a threat to their health. Now, these schools have been battling for 20 years to get their schools upgraded. And some of those schools are literally days away from the ground being broken for those bills. Now, the Taoiseach sat in your chair this week and he said that the school, these school building projects will go ahead this year. And the Minister for Education was questioned today and she could not agree with the Taoiseach. Who's right? Is the Taoiseach right that these school project bills will go ahead this year? Or is it the case uh, that the Minister was alluding to that she can't give thank that you, confirmation? Deputy, and would you be clear and honest with that question? Thank you, campaigns and communities yeah, want to know up, the Deputy, actual please. answer there, please. Well, to be fair, there's been record building of schools uh, and the school building programme has been at a record high over the last... Uh, two years, uh, and particularly, and that's one of the reasons why a whole range of projects have come through to the state, the status that they now have. And obviously, the government has been working, the minister has been working uh, with with other ministers for public expenditure uh, to get these issues, and they will be resolved uh, in terms of these projects. Okay, yes. so Tom, you said you're confused uh, <laughs> as a 14 year old trying to understand what the politicians are saying. Uh, you're probably relieved to hear Patrick Hobain equally is confused. But are you relieved now to hear the tarnished to Micheál Martin saying it will be resolved? 
Well, uh, well, Michael, there is, there is the case of them all saying different stories. And it is quite confusing to anyone, like adults as well. My, my parents, my community in Nobber, it is very, very confusing. Um, he, Padder Tobin did mention about the conditions of schools where we're going into old buildings that are a danger to our health. We're a prime example. We are a prime example. The, every single room in the school has one issue or another. Right, we'll hear about another local school now, if you'll stay on the line again, Tom. A couple of weeks ago yeah. we heard that 58 school buildings uh, projects were going to be delayed due to capital funding pressure. I raised it with the Taoiseach um, a couple of weeks ago and he said it would be sorted by Easter. I sent many parliamentary questions to the Minister. The latest response two days ago stated that the school building projects that are currently on hold due to capital funding pressures will be delivered. It is a question of timing. There lies the problem, uh, Tarnish. Enfield, one of the fastest growing towns in the country. When Enfield Community College opened in 2020, it had clear plans set out with a new build completion date of 2023. In May 2022, the Minister, uh, Minister Foley announced that Enfield Community College would go to tender later that year. Unfortunately, this project will now be held up again with no completion date. Last year, local schools, Trim, uh, Bine Valley, uh, Bine Community College in Trim, there were 362 applications for 192 places, leaving out 170 uh, pupils. This is putting a lot of stress on pupils, parents and teachers. Can, can you get um, a start date for Enfield Community Schools and a completion date? Thank uh, you. Again, I think I've dealt with this earlier already, um, and uh, the, the, we expect the issue to be resolved very quickly. Right, that's the Tony show once again. Will you stay with me for another minute, Tom? Okay, because uh, your school, uh, that was Sinn Féin's Johnny Gurk raising the issue of Enfield. Your school in Nobber was raised in the Dáil yesterday by Darren O'Rourke. Tarnished O'Carrollan College in Nobber is, is one of 58 schools. Uh, again, returning to that issue, it's been raised repeatedly today and at, at QPL each day this week, uh, uh, highlighting the, the importance of, of, of this issue. Um, it's one of the projects that planning is due to expire on it, so it's time sensitive. Uh, the planning is due to expire. Uh, in early February 2024. They need to have um, substantial works completed by that stage. Um, they were at the point of approval of contractor when they got the notice that, that 57 other schools. Um, the, the Taoiseach has said that the projects will proceed. Can you just give a, a reassurance to the parents and, and everybody affected here, the students, um, that this project will proceed, um, that it, it, it won't be delayed further, and when a decision will be made. Will it be you know, Easter, uh, Easter week, or, or, or when will it be? Thank you, Deputy. Well, Deputy, I'm not, I'm not in a position to comment on individual projects, but the broader issue in terms of additional capital uh, for education to complete projects, um, as I said, it's, it has been a matter for engagement between the two departments. And, the expectation, as the teacher said, and as I've said this morning, that that will be resolved. That's the expectation, Tom. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, he did mention that the planning is going to run out. The planning is going to run out, and I, I do think, uh, I still do think that schools that have uh, not more of a reason, but uh, more, need it more quickly. Like, we, we need this school quite quickly. We don't have the time to wait around. It's it's disgraceful that we're in such conditions and we're waiting so long. Yeah. Well, as you heard, there's a lot of pressure on the government about the 58 schools. Uh, you've added to that pressure by coming on the radio to represent O'Carrollan College in Nobber. Thank you for doing that, Tom. No bother, Michael. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much indeed. 14-year-old Tom Curry is a second-year student at O'Carrollan College. 
Now, Anne Lucy is a freelance journalist in uh, County Kerry and uh, she joins us now to talk uh, about what I think has been a a very dramatic uh, development into the murder investigation of baby John who was discovered on White Strand Beach in Carhazivine with 28 stab wounds in 1984 and you've been covering this story for years on end were you as surprised at this uh, development when uh, the news broke last night when I told you that um, development is being led by um, the Garda Serious Crime Review Team detectives Dublin based detectives and they're actually down in Kerry Mm. and this is because a cold case was opened five years ago it was. It was. Uh, they called it a review, and there's a bit of shuffling between one foot and the other whether it had ever actually not been open. So, and I think that it was a sort of a fresh look at it is how it was um, depicted at the time. And I was down there in 2018 in January in Carsevine, and you had a number of um, again Dublin-based detectives and local. Gardaí announcing the reopening of the investigation and an apology was issued to Joanne Hayes and her family. Yeah, after the vilification of Joanne Hayes and her family and the tribunal and all the yeah, hallmarks this, of old-fashioned uh, religious oh, Ireland. Yeah, I, I have, uh, and I've been covering this, uh, as you say, for a number of years, a long number of years, and in 2018, no more than today, I can't see any appetite for the for the reopening of this investigation. Um, in fact, most people are saying, sensible people are saying, you know, it's time. They prefer if it wasn't, if it was put behind everybody. It was a very dark period um, for women, particularly in South Kerry and indeed all over Ireland. I mean, you don't forget in January 2014, Anne Lovett died giving birth uh, to Grasso. Uh, and, you know, this was the climate and you had this, um, um, you had the amendment inserted into the Constitution in September, the previous September, and an absolute, absolute unleashing of misogyny. Mm. And I don't think that that period has ever properly been examined. So this is why people are not that anxious to look back at it. Now, I mm. heard Joanne Hayes solicitor this morning on Radio Kerry, and he spoke of, you know, once again, the distress on his client who has been absolutely exonerated. Mm. And he said this was now again bringing the whole matter back up again. Because the, the 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 case against her was mad, uh, it would seem today, uh, with uh, today's uh, thinking. Uh, because Joanne Hayes had a baby, the theory was that she had twins uh, because uh, the DNA of her baby didn't match baby John. Uh, but the theory was that uh, she had two fathers who had fathered the individual babies. Superfecundation was called. Say say it again, superfecundation. Yeah, it was like something out of a Monty Python. I don't know where Mm. they came up with it. But they did. And they pursued it and persisted with it. And they acted absolutely appallingly Mm. to Joanne and her family. And indeed to young women around Cahar Savine who were hauled in. The women in the St. John Bosco school, the young girls, teenage girls at that time, mm. were um, were roughly treated. And um, I was told and examined uh, young married women 
were were called. They were called to the doors of young married women. Um, there was, t- but this was 1984, and I, as I was saying in some uh, elsewhere this morning, it's very difficult to communicate just what it was like for women. You had a collision of uh, going on between a modern world, the television and the rooms and stuff mm. like that, um, and then you had this absolute restraint and. Uh, on sexuality and you know your your sex was a crime that, mm. there is no question sex itself was a crime outside of marriage you had not one single family planning clinic in Kerry at the time and young women would have to go to Cork Cork City you had doctors and GPs a very, a very extremely conservative mm. and would not issue um, pills or, uh, only to married women and only in some cases if the and I know of these cases um, with if the husband gave the permission this was Kerry in 1980 you know the 1980s yeah. it was a, a dreadful injustice uh, uh, at the highest scale uh, that any of us could contemplate to think what Joanne Hayes and her family was put through this morning of what she said on, on the late late show at the time Joanne herself she, after the tribunal which was a disgrace mm. and she says it was not just anti me but it was anti women altogether and she was so right now she's a very private person she mm. doesn't give interviews um, they're, they're a private family and they've probably suffered enough and her picture and I'm speaking about her now even mm. you know it's it's the focus is back on her again now yeah, and reopening all of uh, those old wounds yeah. Yeah. now we don't know this investigation there's an awful lot of talk yeah. about DNA and all the rest yeah. of it but these people this, these people who are being questioned have not been charged with anything I think we're kind of <laughs> I think we should not lose sight I know but uh, it, it came as a, <laughs> a great shock to me as I'm sure it did okay. It did. It came as a huge shock, and yeah, I, yeah. I am—I say it came as a huge shock to the the, the people themselves, perhaps yeah. too. And we don't know how big a role this DNA is playing in any of this, actually. Okay, and uh, we we, do, we just don't know, and we we don't know if these people are going to be charged or mm. released, but they okay. can be held for twenty-four hours. All right, we'll have uh, undoubtedly uh, more coverage of that through the day, and a lot of interest in it. And I have to leave it there because I'm out of time. Thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us. And Lucy is a freelance journalist in Kerry. That's our programme for today and indeed this week. Maggie McGuire researched. Chris Murray was in the control tower. I'm Michael. God willing, we'll see you for our next programme on Monday morning at 9am right here on LMFM. Good morning. Bye-bye. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at LMFM.ie Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.